One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. This is episode 20, and today on the show, I have Nancy Shadlock. Nancy is the founder and CEO of Centered Life Coaching, where she serves her clients as a life coach and coming out guide. And as we discussed in the interview, she's also a ceramicist and incorporates her pottery into her coaching practice. Nancy also hosts a podcast called The Coming Out Chronicles, where she shares interviews with people who have coming out stories of all kinds. In this episode, we talked about how to identify what our next chapter might be, how to find our unique gifts, what it means to be a coming out coach, how Nancy marries the different aspects of her business, pottery and coaching, how being inclusive in business comes from how we live our lives how we can use human design and gene keys to lean into our gifts and potential, and more. This is a really good one. Before I put on the interview, a couple of things. The first is that October 1st through 3rd, Nancy is hosting a virtual retreat called Shifted, which is designed to help you move from stuck to fulfilled. Learn more about it on her website at centered.ca slash retreats. And second, I just want to make one note about my audio during the interview. When Nancy and I got on the phone to record, my microphone decided to take the day off, so I recorded the episode using my headphones. The audio on my side of the interview is not great, so sorry about that, and hope you can bear with me. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Here it is. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm delighted to be here. I would love if you could just introduce yourself and what your work is all about. Yeah, so I'm the CEO of a company called Centered Life Coaching. And in that, I have been doing coming out coaching and helping people get, have a safe space to speak out loud, like what's more true about who they are and get really honest about like what needs to shift in their life so that they can share that with the world in an empowered way. And I also have a podcast that I host. It's called the coming out Chronicles. And in there I interview all kinds of people on all kinds of coming out stories from sexuality and gender to um, becoming a sex therapist or coming out about domestic abuse that they experienced. Hmm. And one thing I noticed about you when I first started kind of learning about you and your work was that you also have like a pottery background. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a company. It's kind of why I named my company centered because it works both for pottery and for life coaching, helping people get centered within themselves. Um, and so I have now integrated them so that I use pottery in my, um, workshops and retreats to help people like get a clear sense of what's going on within them. And when they can express it through the clay, they can talk about it in a different way, more freely. Hmm. I love that. So, I mean, there's this term in small, this kind of small business community, multi-passionate. Um, I don't really love this expression. I don't, I couldn't, I can't say why it doesn't really resonate with me, but in terms of just how it's defined, like a small business who small business owner, who's sort of is moving in a few different directions at once. Um, I relate to that having like just a shop and a podcast and a stationary brand. Do you relate to that? 
how do you approach having, like, it sounds like yours maybe are more integrated than mine are, but how do you approach kind of those two different directions of your business? Yeah, it's taken me a while to be able to integrate them so well, I think, because um, like my main stay in my pottery business is travel mugs. Like I make this really cool pottery travel mug that has a cork on top. It's like a sippy cup for adults. (laughs) You can put all kinds of things in it and nobody will know what you're drinking (laughs) at the soccer game. (laughs) Um, But yeah, then I started to realize like, mm, it's, it's a lot of work to make all these products and then stand at a market and sell them or mail them. Like the juice for me was in teaching. So I started Mm -hmm. doing a lot more classes and teaching people how to do pottery. And then I kind of, I had a lot of people caution me of like trying to keep both of these businesses going and Mm -hmm. say like, you really have to choose one. And it's confusing for people when you're marketing two different things. And so in the last, well, I'd say two years since I had my babies and, um, have had way less time. (laughs) So I've, Mm -hmm. I've really had to focus in on what feels the most important to me. And so the, the coaching is the thing that feels like what I'm here to do in the world. And so Mm -hmm. I've, I've chosen that as my first love and try to use pottery as like my own Zen place to, to get recentered. Um, Mm -hmm. Although life is so crazy right now that I don't get there as often as I would like to. But then mm-hmm. being able to integrate it into my um, my retreats has been really special to be able to bring that part of myself there and share that gift with people. Yeah, I love that idea. I used to live in New York and I took a pottery class like once a week. It was in this neighborhood called Red Hook and I'd go straight from work and it was there was very little instruction. It was sort of like sit down, get your clay and like there's someone walking around who can help you if you need help and get stuck, but mostly just like they played music and you just kind of sat at the wheel. And I was, I never really got the hang of it, but I loved it. Like just there's something you, it's, I don't know, like you have to focus, be so present on what you're doing with your hands that it's not, I don't know. It was sort of meditative for me. Like I Mm -hmm. was able to not, I don't know. I, I do art. Like I do watercolor and calligraphy and other things like that. And it's a little bit less, I don't know. I got, I get less lost in it the way that I did with pottery. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt like I had to focus so intently that I could see that being a really great addition to a workshop or some kind of mindfulness practice. Totally. Yeah. The way that it's spinning, it really is kind of mesmerizing, it pulls you in. Mm-hmm. So as you know, this podcast explores all of the different ways, or at least some of the different ways we can use our small businesses to make a positive impact in the world. You are a coming out coach. Can you explain what that means? Yeah. Um, It's helping people get really having a safe space so that they can speak out loud their truth. Because I, I think that anytime we're growing, there's always a new layer to shed and come out about. And so mm-hmm. um, some people, you know, like it is sexuality and it's like, oh, like, I think this might be true about myself, but it feels too scary to say out loud. And so being able to have a safe, neutral space where they can say that to me. And then the more that there's like practice in saying it out loud and there's support and validation in saying it out loud, the more that people can start to like embody their truth and start to live it out in the world in an empowered way, rather than in a way that is like, Oh, someone just outed me. And now I feel embarrassed or scared, but it's like, no, like I'm choosing to come out in a powerful Mm -hmm. way. It's way, it's way different than if it just happens. Mm-hmm. And you are very sort of open about your own identity, like on social media and kind of how you show up online. Um, why is that representation important? I think that like, I, well, for myself, like I grew up in very Christian evangelical circles and 
Um, so there wasn't representation of queer folks in that space. And mm-hmm. so it just made me think that I was wrong to have those thoughts or that I, mm-hmm. you know, I needed to pray the gay away. And I tried that for many years and it didn't work. And as I've stepped into my truth, beautiful things have opened up in my life. And like, I've, I've found my wife and we've had two babies and we, it's like my, I also feel like I've stepped into my career in a greater, more impactful way because it's authentically aligned with who I am. And so I want to share that with more people, particularly those who are like in a religious environment where they've felt like it's wrong to have these feelings so that they can know that there's life beyond that confine and there's mm-hmm. so much goodness waiting for them outside of their closet door if they are ready to kind of open that up and, and look outside. Mm-hmm. I love that. What are some ways that we can be inclusive in our, whether it's like the way we communicate on social media or our websites, like that's one thing I noticed about your presence online in general is that you're, you make it clear that you are for like anyone, I guess, um, and that anyone is welcome there. Do you have any tips on how listeners can try to incorporate more of this like inclusive mindset into the way that they show up online? I think it goes back to how you're living your real life. And the more that we can cultivate friendships and relationships with people that are different from ourselves, the more we have that compassion towards people and that inclusiveness will flow through into social media or our offerings. And so if you don't have any gay friends or if you don't have any black friends or if you don't have any trans friends, like that's a great place to start is try and find some people that you that are so different from you and get to know them. And the more that we get to know people, the more we'll connect at a human level and we won't have any choice, but to want to welcome them into our life or our practice or our business. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about your podcast coming out to you, at least in the context of your podcast and your work, it's not necessarily just about sexuality. What Mm -hmm. kind of stories do you feature on your podcast and what do they sort of all have in common? Yeah. So it's, it's like I said, that shedding that layer of what isn't true anymore of ourselves and so it's anytime you you are ready to share with the world something that is more true about yourself than you've grown up with or been previously living with. So I have, yeah, I have a few trans people that have shared their stories. Um, I have some queer folks of other persuasions. Um, I have a sex therapist who shared her story of how she she had been just like a traditional therapist and then realized that like the place she really wanted to serve people the most was in their sexuality. And speaking that out loud was really scary, even to her husband. Like he, he would be like, no, at parties, just say that you're a therapist. Don't get into it. And, and Mm. she realized like, Oh, like this is something that is shameful or needs to be hidden. And as she's stepped into her fuller truth, she's been able to share that with the world and then has made like these incredible retreats that help women reconnect with their bodies in a way that Mm -hmm. is so needed. But if she would have just stayed small or in her previous closet of just being a regular therapist, it wouldn't have happened. And as I've interviewed all these people, I I always ask them, um, what is your next coming out chapter? Like after they share their story that they're here to share with me, I ask them what's their next chapter. Cause I really believe that, that as we grow, there's always another chapter. And so like, I feel like I'm coming into my own chapter again of 
growing and and sharing more of who I am, more of what's true in, in the world. And mm-hmm. as I as I interviewed all these people, I've noticed some patterns. And so on, I think it's the 10th episode of my podcast, I, I did a episode on what are the 10 steps of coming out of, of what I've noticed, like this pattern of like noticing the dissonance and something's not quite right. And then getting some kind of feedback where you're like, Oh, okay. Like this is showing up in my life in a really loud way and I can't help but look at it. And then, you know, there's all these other steps that once we, we learn the steps, we can move through it in more grace and ease and it's less bombarding us. And it's more of like, we're choosing it. We're surrendering to it. We're, we're letting this transformation, we're welcoming this transformation into our lives. I love that. I I have not listened to that episode, so I will definitely have a listen and I'll link it in the show notes to anyone else who wants to hear it. Yeah. It also has a guide, a PDF that you can download that can help people look at what, what step might be, I might I be stuck at and how can I move on to the next one? So is your stance then that everyone has a coming out story and that we're, if we, even if we've, you know, gotten to one stage that there's another one ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really do think that. And what I love about that is that it connects us. And so like, I have gotten some pushback of like, you're, you're opening up this term. So queer folks can't own it. And it's, it's our term. And it's like, okay, yes, it's your term, but also, don't you want people who have never had a traditional coming out story to be able to see into your world more and, and understand what you've gone through and when they can translate it into their own, like what, what have they had to come out about that can help them understand where you're coming from? Mm-hmm. So if someone listening is thinking this, I don't, necessarily relate to this like how might we what are some questions maybe we could ask them or have them think about to identify what that next coming out or next peeling back the layer of the onion might be for them I think it is noticing areas in their life where they have friction or tension or chaos unrest like is there a relationship in your life that is you're bumping up against is there frustration in your life and that's a place to start looking of there's that's dissonance mm-hmm. and and so if there's dissonance it probably means that there's something you need to look at and there's something that is being asked to transform in your life and when you can get honest about that and sit with that you'll be able to see oh there was something so much better waiting for me once I pay attention to it and move through it. Mm-hmm. So I can give you an example of where I'm at right now, if you'd like. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been, I've been coaching for eight years. Like this is not a new thing for me, but coming out coaching is newer. And as I've like tried to move forward with it and share it with the world, I've tried to implement other ideas and, and methodologies that I've heard and learned from other coaches and it's been okay, but it hasn't been like super impactful and it hasn't felt exactly me. So there's felt like there's this dissonance for myself of something's not quite right there. Mm-hmm. And so then as I sit with that and get more honest, I recognize yeah, like I've been trying to implement other people's ways of being and I have my own particular magic and I need to listen into that and, and pay attention to it because mm-hmm. that's, that's my genius. That's where I can show up in the world and share the most and, and do the most good. <laughs> and so like my, my traditional training, I have a master of arts in spiritual formation And in that, I did a practicum in spiritual direction, which is like sitting with someone, 
helping them pay attention to their soul and what's going on in that space, noticing where the divine is showing up in their life. Mm. And it's a really powerful practice, but it also feels like offering nothing. (laughs) It's like, I'll sit with you and just sit with you. And so Mm. it, it feels like not sexy or flashy or something to put on Instagram. And so I think because of that, I've, I've kind of strayed away from it over the last few years and tried to, you know, bring in human design and the gene keys and Enneagram and like all these other different things that are more catchy right now, Mm -hmm. but then recognizing, but what if the thing that people really need right now is a safe container to hear their soul? And a non-judgmental space where they can be so, so honest. They can speak their fears out loud. They can know that they're going to be held in this kind of nurturing nest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like I've kind of come full circle into like, okay, I will surrender to this that feels not shiny and exciting. But as mm-hmm. I as I come to like use it in my life and see the benefits of it, I can share that with people and, and it's its own coming out, right? Because it's not, it's like, yes, I've been doing this and this and this, but this is more true of me. I love to sit with people in this space and I'm, now doing that (laughs) it feels Mm -hmm. scary like it feels like oh what will people think and oh will people just say it's dumb or what like you know it's the same Mm -hmm. cycle that we all go through in whatever coming out story we have and so it takes this Mm. this courage of leaning in and trusting the process and knowing that there's more goodness on the other side it reminds me of this idea that um you know, you're describing this process of you have all these things in your toolkit, like human design and tools and um, like concrete knowledge. But what you're finding is most aligned with you is the like the sitting and the listening. And that doesn't sound to you. It doesn't sound like sexy or like flashy enough to like, I don't know advertise but for me it's like well that sounds great eh? (laughs) like I maybe I need that but also that is the skill I don't think I have and like even just talking with you I can hear how you would be really amazing to just like sit like you're just you have a presence like a I know I just like I feel like you're listening very intently and you're not like thinking about what you're going to say, you know, it's just, you have, I can totally see that being a superpower for you. Um, but so for me, it's like, if, if you were being flashy and advertising about it, that would be interesting to me. Like it's, it all comes back to this thing that has come up a few times on this podcast where we tend to undervalue like the things that come so naturally to us. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like to other people, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd really have to be trained to be able to sit with someone and listen and not jump in and give them suggestions. And, you know, it's just sometimes the things that it's hard to identify what those things are that are so natural and so true to who you are. Um, that I think we can not give them the credit they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that affirmation. I appreciate it. So on this topic, I wonder if you had, and it's okay if you don't, but do you have any tips for someone who's listening, thinking like, you know, I know I have something in me. I have a general sense of like who I want to serve or like what world I want or feel that my gifts relate to, but they can't really identify like what they specifically have to offer that's unique to them or, you know, they're either uniquely qualified in or some natural capacity they have. Do you have any tips to help someone start to like listen and understand what that might be? Mm -hmm. I think 
a great place to start is to look at your your past and your upbringing and like what you've experienced in life because your unique way of seeing the world is part of your magic and your your way of offering something special in the world. And then the other thing is to look at like, yeah, what comes effortlessly to you? What comes easily? And how can you kind of bring those two together to contribute in the world in a, in a powerful way that, yeah, no one else can. And you're right. Like, I think sometimes we need someone else to reflect it back to us because it's like the water we swim in. We're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like I listen to people. That's what I do. It's not, it's not hard. <laughs> it's like, oh, it is hard for some people. Um, but, I think it's hard for almost anyone just yeah. as a side note. <laughs> like there's very few people that I feel like I w- could call up and just, I don't know, process something with without them giving me advice or like, I don't know, asking a lot of questions that like kind of throw me off track. Like I, it's, yeah, listening is a very, I don't know, unique skill. And I'm no saint. Like if you ask my wife, she'll be like, oh, Nancy's not a very good listener. She'll just butt in and <laughs> interrupt me and <laughs> mm-hmm. tell me what's yeah. for. But yeah, no, but other other you places where I'm, not, where I'm not triggered, I <laughs> can really sit <laughs> with people. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned human design, and I know this is something that's not maybe your primary focus, um, but it's something that I have learned about recently and I think is really interesting and fun. Can you just, for anyone who's listening who hasn't heard that term, um, can you explain just broadly what human design is? Yeah, it's a personality profile that it brings together all kinds of ancient practices to understand ourselves. So astrology, I Ching, Kabbalah, um, the chakras, so many different ways of understanding ourselves are brought into this one system that just by inputting your birthday time and location, you can get all this information about yourself and understand like which chakra is constantly lit up and meaning that like you're pretty steady in your sacral energy say but maybe your crown chakra is not lit up and so you're open to the effect of the people around you and their thoughts and things and so you might be easily swayed and so having that information can really help uh, just to understand how to I've heard it explained like drive your vehicle. It's like an owner's manual for the vehicle of who you are so that you can use it better and not be taken advantage of or make choices that don't help you move forward in life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's your experience been like with it? Well, I... So there's diff- there's like four or five different types um, that like kind of categories that you will fall into based on the data that you give them or that you input. And my type is a manifesting generator, which again, I'm not an expert in this at all, but what I relate to, especially when I sort of learn about manifesting generators is the like, constant like excitement about new ideas and um yeah I I feel like just knowing that about myself like oh like you're especially prone to like getting really excited about something and then getting really excited about something else and just having so many things kind of spinning at once it's just the awareness I'm not sure what I've done about it but like kind of knowing that about myself has been just a helpful piece of knowledge to have in mind, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I'm, so if you have not done this or heard this before, when you input all your details, you get this like human body map thing spit spit out at you. And there's so many different channels and numbers and 
some things are filled in and some things aren't. And it's, it's pretty overwhelming, but like every time I've tried to learn a little bit about it, it's felt really true to me. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. What's your, do you, do you relate to what you see in your chart? Yeah. So I'm a generator and Mm -hmm. like, I think it's like 70 or 80% of the population is a generator. And so it's super helpful to know that the strategy for generators is that our, our wisdom comes from our sacral energy. So it's like this gut response and it only has two things that it says. It says, "Uh uh-huh or "Uh -uh." Mm uh-uh. And so when you can reduce it down to that, it's like so simple and yet so hard to remember and do and actually go forward with it. But I've been practicing it more and more in my own life. And so something as simple as like, I could go left to go home and I'd go buy that health food store or I could go right and go home by that health food store. I needed to grab something. And Mm -hmm. so I I checked in with my gut and, and you can't say, should I go right or left? You have to say, should I go left? And it'll be like, uh, uh. Okay. Can I go? Should I go right? Uh-huh. Okay. I'll go right. <laughs> and so anytime you can reduce it down to that, like anyone listening, you can use that strategy because it is likely that you might be a generator um, mm-hmm. and use it for simple things like start just practicing it with going out for supper. If someone asks you if you want to go for sushi or pizza Um And then as we grow in that awareness of being able to listen to our gut and obey it, so Mm -hmm. many things open up and we're so enculturated to just listen from our head and make wise decisions and think it through that Mm -hmm. it's weird to, to just trust your gut. But as we're able to exercise that muscle more and more, we can make wise decisions from it. Yeah, I love it's not just human design, but just the more I kind of learn about personal growth, this idea comes up that we have intelligence centers outside of our brains. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's like very contrary to what I was sort of always grew up thinking. And even like I studied economics, I've always been like really into math and I went and worked in market research after I graduated college. Um, and so I am really resistant to this idea that the the mind and the brain isn't necessarily right, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I guess the first time I sort of put really put this into practice in a big way was, I learned, I learned how to just listen to my intuition, which even saying that out loud, I'm a little bit like, Oh my gosh, this is probably too woo woo for some people listening, but I guess I'm I'm coming out that I listen (laughs) to my intuition. Um, but I, I was still working in corporate America and I was on a business trip in Amsterdam and I was just like, I always knew like on some level that my, direction I was going in was not the right one for me. Like it never felt right. I just had this sense of dread basically for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on this business trip in Amsterdam and I was just, I had learned how to listen to my intuition by, um, asking a question and then re- like, cl- like sitting still and writing down whatever I heard. And, I basically said, like, what should I do about this job? And my intuition was like, it was very clear. It was like, let's just leave. Like, this is not, there's no benefit in drawing this out any longer. Um, and so I like the next day at the conference that we were at, I took my boss aside and like, told him I was quitting and like I gave him like six months notice because that's how I am but (laughs) I like I needed to make that decision and I guess the only way that it could be made like I was never going to get there by thinking Mm -hmm. um the only way I got there was by just like I genuinely heard an answer and it definitely didn't come from like my head or anywhere near my head and that's kind of the first time that 
I put that into practice, but every time I have, like, it's always ultimately felt like the right decision. And I've like, I've never regretted anything I've done based on feeling a sense of intuition about it. I have regretted a lot of things I've done because I talked myself into it, um, like rationalized my way into it. So I have no idea how I got on this tangent. Um, you're telling me you're coming out story. I love it. <laughs> and that, yeah, like, I guess I'm, yeah, that's totally it. Like you felt that low level dissonance for eight years and then you finally came to this place where you're like, okay, I need to do something about this and come out about it. Like this is not resonant mm-hmm. for me. Well, I really like this idea that like we always have a next level of whether you call it coming out or like expanding or whatever. Like mm-hmm. there's always a like a a stretch that we can you can always stretch into something new and like a bigger, better version of ourselves, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and I have felt like a long time for a long time that I that I sort of did it. Like I had my direction and I knew it was figured out it was the wrong one, made the decision, moved into like creative small business world where I feel a lot more aligned. But I like this challenge to think about how maybe a next level of that to consider, like what could that be? Just really interesting. So like, um, just letting my mind ramble here. Does that mean then that, so you use this word dissonance a lot, which I really like. Um, does that mean that we never get rid of the dissonance? Like we never come to a place where everything is resonant would be the opposite, but everything is right and aligned. Yeah, that's a great question. When you listen to episode 10, you'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think what happens is I like to look at at growth as kind of like this spiral, kind of like a kind of like a tornado, but not in the terrible sense of what a tornado is. But you know how it's Mm -hmm. it's like cycling around and each each time you go around. Like, yes, you'll you'll hit a point of dissonance. You work your way around and you come to a place of like celebration and embodiment. And you're like, yes, like I'm so grateful that I went through that transition transformation and I've come out this, this place. And then there'll be a new layer lower in closer to your core that starts to feel dissonant and you can go on that cycle again. And so, yes, like partly that feels a little bit like, uh, Am I ever going to just feel peaceful? But Mm -hmm. also I think it's hopeful of if you come back around at something and you're like, oh, I thought I dealt with this and here I am again. Trust that you're coming at it from a little bit of a deeper level and you are growing. It's just in kind of that cyclical. Well, I definitely feel like there's this um, desire to just want to kind of arrive, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, like I feel it with my house. Like I want my house to be totally (laughs) decorated and clean and organized Mm -hmm. and like have everything be fixed and it's done. And this is sort of what I felt like before we bought our house. Like that's what homeownership was like. Like you go in and you fix everything and then you have a house and it's great. And it's like, (laughs) no, there's actually always so much to do. (laughs) Five or 10 years ago, I would have looked at where I am now and been like, oh my gosh, I made it. I'm doing something that I love. I'm happy. I'm done. I'm arri- I'm arrived. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like staring at the next goalpost. And <laughs> how do you enjoy the journey knowing that the journey is endless? Like there's mm-hmm. no arrival. Mm-hmm. I hope that that can make it feel like light or funny or just like you know kind of just be like well let me just enjoy where I'm at and there isn't this arrival point like life is a journey and it's a matter of yeah being present in it and 
being where you are and like, yeah, less of this fixating on getting to this specific point where it's going to be all great. Like notice right now what's great and what's beautiful and celebrate that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this for myself as much as anyone. (laughs) Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. But I guess just, I mean, I think for me, it's even like a marker of growth that I realize that there's no destination. I mm-hmm. think a few years ago, I always just felt like there was a destination. But then once I got there, I had a new destination. Mm-hmm. So maybe just having the awareness is a first step. But mm-hmm. it is hard to just celebrate where you are now. Yeah. Something that I've been pondering lately is like working in human design, there's this other system that's kind of piggybacked off of human design called gene keys. And it takes each Mm. of those gates in that body graph and puts it on this other chart that shows kind of your, your human path of growth in life. And so each of those different gates has a sphere in the gene key. And so the one that basically is my life's work is each of them has a shadow frequency and then a gift frequency and then the city, which is like the fullest expression. It's a Sanskrit word for that. Mm. And so the, the shadow for my life's work is expectation. And so I've been like contemplating how much I've, I've been holding to this specific place that I need to get to that once I'm there, everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Or if only this could happen, then things would be great. And how that's just like ended in failure for me or frustration. And then the gift frequency is um, detachment and, and not detachment. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm over it. Let it go. But in a, being really present with it and not grasping and just, just being with it. And then when you get to the highest fulfillment, it's celebration. And so I've been trying to play with that as much as I can in my own practice lately of when I notice myself with an expectation or like things aren't going how I plan them to be. And I'm frustrated. Like, what can I celebrate in this space? Because Mm. that, that frustration is showing me something that, can be actually celebrated and that's that's done so Mm. much in transforming that journey for me I think of less about the destination and more about like what can I celebrate along the way yeah I think just what's coming to mind is like anyone listening who relates to me and that they've like struggled with weight and body stuff um with dieting I feel like Mm-hmm. there's this just never arriving. Like, you know, if you get to one point where, you know, you've made some kind of improvement and whatever kind of improvement quote unquote, you're trying to make, like you have moved the goalpost and you're not like you, ba- you basically just never get to a point where you're happy and, what I've, I guess, after like a lifetime of dieting in the last few years, I've realized like, I, if I can't be happy now, like, like I am, I won't be happy whenever I reach any point. Um, maybe happy isn't the right word, but if I can't like appreciate what I have now, I won't when I get quote unquote there. It's just another example of how important it is to, to be able to be, to find contentment and, um, find the positive and where you are now. Totally. I love that you're bringing that up actually. Like I've, I've heard a similar, just like a really basic example of that being like, if I'm rushing driving and I'm stuck at a light and I'm frustrated, I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. change, change, change. And it's like, when I get through this light to Walmart, what's going to be better than right now sitting right here in this light? <laughs> it's like nothing. Like it, it, it's right now, like 
when, when I get to that certain weight, that is my goal weight, or if I get to that spiritual enlightenment that I seek, what is going to be better than what I have right now? And if I can't see it right now, I probably won't see it then either when I get to that spot. So why don't I start right Mm -hmm. now and notice and celebrate and enjoy? There's, um, one of my products actually has a quote by Emily Dickinson on it, which is forever is composed of nows, which I just Mm -hmm. like, it's true. Like there's only ever, you're only ever in the now. So as well Mm -hmm. find a way to enjoy it. Totally. Okay. So in terms of applying sort of this, like your spiritual approach to coaching, what kind of guidance could you offer small business owners in terms of just navigating the journey as a, as working for yourself, as kind of forging your own path? Do you have any tips for small business owners to keep sort of grounded and mindful as they make decisions and sort of navigate the journey of business. Yeah. Like the, I do really think that human design and gene keys have a lot to speak into us as, as business owners. Like there is a sphere on the gene keys that is your brand and it can like spit out that information of like, what is this word that really signifies who you are and how to, show up in the world in the most authentic way to you. And so that is something that I do with people is offer like a superpower session where I bring in the human design and gene keys and who they are as, as a company and, and help people get really clear on like, what is your unique thing that you offer in the world and how can you, with that knowledge, like, cause I think a lot of us know it in the back of our mind, but it's like you said, like we don't really advertise it because we're just like, Oh, it's, it's whatever. But like when we get this report and it says it right there in black and white and you're like, it resonates so deeply with something within you or you're like, yes, that is me. And then it's like this empowerment to go out and do it in a more intentional way. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I just want to keep picking your brain, but I'm going to respect your time (laughs) and move on to the questions that I ask all of the guests I've had on the show so far. The first is, what is one business you admire and why? Um, I would say a coach that I've worked with, um, her name is Darla Ledoux. And she just recently did her own coming out pivot from like, she she had a business that was called Retreat and Grow Rich and was teaching people how to do retreats and make money, but also be really impactful in the world. And then realize like there's something truer for me. I've just interviewed her on my mm-hmm. podcast too. Um, and is now her, her business is now named Sourced and helping people like get really clear about what is Source uniquely giving to them and how do they share that with the world. And so I love what she's doing in the world. She's helped me. She's helped so many people really embody the power, the magic, the specialness of who they are, and particularly in a business way. Hmm. I wrote, I just wrote down, there's something truer to me. I love that expression. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What is one book you would recommend that relates to our conversation or not just one, usually, I guess, nonfiction book, but whatever you want. (laughs) I, w- I was going to say Untamed, but I heard your Instagram lady yeah. said that one. So well, it, it is a really good one. Um, it kind of like in the just like embody who you are stuff. I really love You Are a Badass. Mm-hmm. And then also like you can just order the Gene Keys book from Amazon and start reading some of these Gene Keys because you can get a free report of what is your profile and then start reading some of them. And it's like, it's kind of poetic, but it's also personal growth. And it's just, it's beautiful to be able to sink into like, what am I here for? How, like, what's my purpose? What's my offering in the world? And so I I really love that. I've been reading it a Mm. lot lately. Yeah. I feel like, everyone wants those questions answered. So why would you not? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I know that you have a retreat coming up. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So the beginning of October, I'm doing the shift retreat and it's for people that, you know, are starting to feel that dissonance of something that is not quite right. And they're feeling like it's time to shift that into what's more true. And so it's a a virtual retreat. We'll meet kind of over three days where people can have a safe container with me and other really heartfelt people to get honest and speak out loud, maybe for the first time of like, this is not quite jiving in my life. And I'm scared about saying it out loud because it'll have an implication for other people in my life. And it'll be, it'll mess with a lot of things. And like, I totally identify with your example of coming out about a job change. And I had that too. And it was, it was so scary to say out loud to myself or to my boss or to anyone. Like, I'm like, Oh, this is going to change my whole life. And so there's, you know, there's, we all have that thing that's like, Oh, I don't want to look at this. Let me just keep putting it off for another year too. But if you're feeling like that dissonance is becoming so loud or the feedback is so loud, kind of like, if you plug a guitar into an amp and it's too close to the microphone, it's just like, wow. if that's happening in some area of your life, then the shift retreat is for you and come and we'll, we'll have a safe space for you to speak it out loud and then empower you with the next steps of how to embody that, have it validated what your new truth is and be able to go out and live it in a powerful way. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Um, where can people find you online and learn more about your work, follow you? Um, where can they find your podcast? All the good stuff. Yeah. So my podcast is the coming out chronicles and it's on all the platforms. Um, my website is centered.ca cause I'm in <laughs> Canada and I'm on Instagram, just my name, Nancy Shadlock and on Facebook, I have a Facebook page for Centered Life Coaching. So I'd love to hear from you if you listen to this and reach out. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and letting me just take it in whatever direction. I, I Whatever question <laughs> came to mind, I just threw at you. So thank you so much. It was a really great conversation. Yeah, it was really fun to be here with you. Thanks for your great <laughs> questions. Nancy, thank you again for letting me take this episode in a million directions. I loved our conversation and there's so much good stuff in here. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're interested in learning more about the shift retreat, go to centered.ca slash retreats, and I'll link that in the show notes. I know Nancy and I would both love to connect with you on Instagram. You can chat with Nancy at Nancy Shadlock. That's N-A-N-C-Y-S-H-A-D-L-O-C-K. And me at Making Good Podcast. You can find all the links and resources Nancy mentioned on the show notes page for this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you next time.